broadcasting from the PilatesPodcast.com. You're listening to Beyond the Movement with your host, Heidi Miller. Hello, and thank you for joining Beyond the Movement, the Pilates Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. It's been a little while since we put out a podcast, but I have to admit that I've been working way too many hours, been teaching too many hours, and started to have a little bit of an imbalance uh, in my life, was losing a little bit of my zest, a little bit of my creativity. So I gave myself Friday afternoon off and vowed to give myself every other Friday afternoon off to uh, help balance that out. And as a result, I felt creative. <laughs> so here we are. We're going to be talking about what I what I came up with this week. And uh, and um, before we start, I'd like to thank everybody who's been participating on the forum. We've had a lot of um, a lot of great topics going on there, so check it out. It's at www.thepilatespodcast.com. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. I've been receiving some emails and been really enjoying those and, and been trying to get back to those in a timely manner. And, and I do have to say that if there's any reason why I haven't gotten back to anybody, um, email me again. I sincerely apologize. Like I said, I was kind of experiencing a little bit of an imbalance here and and uh, it was just working way too hard. So uh, I apologize in advance if I haven't responded to anybody's emails. And the other thing is that if you have a message on the forum that you want me directly to respond to, you may like to, it might be better if you um, email me directly at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at thepottiespodcast.com. I have been getting better at checking the, the forum uh, once a week and over the weekends and, and responding to things. But there was a, a period of time where I did go quite a while without uh, looking at the forum. And um, so if there's anything that's real pressing, you may want to consider just emailing it directly to me. So so what we're going to be talking about today is, um, well, you know, a lot of different things, but uh, especially just the uh, the idea and the process of embodiment and, and kind of some of my... Um, epiphanies around uh, around that and and the wonderfulness of how as we continue to do our Pilates work and continue to teach it but also and more importantly continue to practice it in our bodies you start to uh, understand things um, more concretely or not even understand them you they become truth in your body and we're going to talk about that so so embodiment, this word here, what they say in the um, dictionary here is giving concrete form to a nebulous idea. Now, what what does that mean, um, you know, to me anyway, as far as into the Pilates method is that, you know, when we're going through school, first of all, when you're going through school and you have all this information that you're learning to try to learn how to uh, teach Pilates, but also to learn these ideas, there's a lot of ideas that you're trying to, you know, understand and and you can understand them on a real intellectual level uh you even practice them you know and you go wow i really like that idea that really worked but i you know there has to be a process um as we're you know learning that you know and as we're teaching that we finally get to a point that we not only understand it intellectually but we really embody it we feel it in our body and then there's that real nice connection that we we get it and it's truth and you're never going to forget it. And all of a sudden it all makes sense, not in that one movement that you experience, but in every movement in the Pilates method and you can apply it. And that's what makes it fun is when you have these things that happen to you, um, you know, you start to have a lot of fun because then for the next month or something, you've got, 
you've got all this, you know, to teach to your clients because, you know, as teachers, we, we teach from our strengths, but we also teach from our weaknesses. And that's why it is so important for us to continue working with other teachers, especially other teachers, um, well, all teachers, whether they're, whether they're younger or have been uh, doing this for 20 years. But there's a lot of uh, benefit to working with a teacher who's been, working, who's been teaching for, you know, 10 or 20 years. And um, so anyway, you've got to have some eyes on you. You've got to keep going. And, and as students out there as well, just keep going. Never, you know, uh, never think that, you know, you ever get to the bottom of it because it's just a continual process. Because we have to remember, we are looking for uniform development in the body, mind, and spirit. And uh, so anyway, um, so here I am, another place of embodiment, and, and this idea uh, that I've really been able to embody, that I really have, in is in regards to the rib cage, and, and it's, um, you know, it has to do with um, three, two, one. So also what I want to talk about is that um, I worked with Pat Guyton. That she's in Boulder, and she's an amazing teacher, it's just absolutely amazing. If any of you come out to the area, um, I highly recommend going to visit her studio in Boulder, Colorado. And um, in, the, in her teaching, she teaches a lot with the percussive breathing, and that was just really fascinating and um, you know, a uh, lot more in depth with the rib cage and the movement of the rib cage. And, you know, this is, of course, something that I learned and that I knew, but never really completely embodied until, until this past weekend. And so we, we really explored the rib cage. And, and then in that, I, um, also explored, um, you know, my, the attachment of the of the um, iliopsoas, which we're going to talk about here in a second, and at T12, that's thoracic uh, vertebrae 12, and and um, you know we really noticed that that wasn't really doing what it was supposed to, and so let me talk more in detail about that exactly. Um, so um, she what she was teaching me as I was laying on the floor, in particular, this was a really great. Um, um, partnering that she did, but she put my hand, put her hand underneath my, uh, lower spine and then into my, um, T12 area. And when I exhaled, she really wanted me to keep T12 on the ground. That's the lowest part of your rib cage on the ground. And I hadn't realized that I was taking that off the ground at all. And, and so because of taking that, you know, that little minute change of taking T12 off the ground and an exhale, not only was I tightening up my um, low mid uh, low back mid back area, but I was also not activating the origin of the iliopsoas or the psoas um, the psoas muscle, the psoas major and minor. And so uh, there was two things going on there. And so once I was able to maintain the lowest rib, really maintain it uh, on the ground and. Uh, I, I really felt, um, you know, everything uh, engaged more more fully and completely. This also brought um, into mind the positioning of the arms and how important those are and stretching, um, you know, stretching the lower back, stretching the latissimus dorsi and experiencing that oppositional energy that we talk about here in Pilates. And 
And so let's talk a little bit more in detail about all that. So oppositional energy, first of all, is when uh, two points of our body are moving away from each other. So we get that stretch. And, and with that, you know, we have to have organization between those two points as we stretch those two points away. And that's, um, that's one of the, the wonderful um, parts of Pilates and decompressing the spine. So that's what oppositional energy is. The other thing is, um, let's talk a little bit about the um, about the iliopsoas and what that means. It's iliopsoas is the iliacus um, and the psoas um, muscle together, uh, psoas major, psoas minor. That's one of the muscles that we um, that we are trying to strengthen and stretch in Pilates. And so when we have an imbalance there. Uh, well, there's lots of things that can happen, but in particular in my body, there's more of a lordotic curve and so, and a little bit more of a, um, uh, you know, all the way up through the thoracic spine even. And, and so there's a lot of tightness there. And so there has to be, um, you know, release in that uh, thoracic spine, in the mid back in order to let the pelvis drop down into the, into the correct position and therefore be able to engage and strengthen and lengthen the psoas, iliopsoas. Um, so let's put that into some context here for a moment. So it attaches to the, um, uh, to the thoracic, um, well, it attaches to many different places. Without giving you anatomy lessons, you might want to grab out your anatomy books here, but um, it attaches to the lowest um, rib, the 12th rib, and to the spinous uh, or the transverse processes of the lumbar spine from L1, uh, level 1, through L5. Now also, the iliacus then, it, um, it goes in through the dish of the, of the inside of the pelvic bowl. So that's your ilium there. It goes inside the dish there, and then that attaches down to the lesser trochanter of the femur. So knowing that, you know, you can see how important already, if you're kind of visualizing that or you have your anatomy book, you can visualize how important that muscle is, but also how much grief that muscle can cause us in our posture, especially in relation to the positionality of the pelvis. And so let's talk a little bit about that because there's always some conversation around, you know, what is neutral spine? What is neutral pelvis? What does all this mean? Is it flat back? Is it arch back? Is it, you know, and I can tell you it's, it's not either. It's not, it's not flat back. It's not arch back, but it's, it's, it's the, um, you know, the position of the pelvis is neutral. And, and what that is, is that we, you know, we lengthen out through the tailbone and our pubic bone is approximately, you know, uh, parallel to the mat. But, you know, that depends. Everybody's bodies are different. We can't really, you know, um, say for sure, you know, um, you know, if that is 100% for everybody, because we all have, you know, variations or various imbalance within that before we get to uh, truth in, in that position. The other thing is that, um, like in a lying down position, for example, you want the lowest rib. That's the, um, that's the um, most bottom rib. If you, if you reach down, you'll find it really low into the rib cage. That's your thoracic spine. So that's what I'm talking about here today. So that when you're lying down, you've got your, um, your tailbone reaching and your lowest rib on the mat. 
Now, let's talk about, you know, if you're lying like that and you're not activating anything, there is going to be space between your lower spine and the mat. But in, um, this is one thing that I really, really understood with Pat uh, over the Friday, over this weekend, is that, you know, we also then want to use the idea of imprinting, which comes um, from Eve Gentry. And what that is, is even though our pelvis is in this certain position, we still want movement through the spine. So that would be in in front to back or anterior and posterior for those anatomy buffs out there. So we need some movement through that spine. So, uh, for example, when you're lying on the mat, you know, practice, uh, first of all, keeping the lowest rib down and shoulders open, of course. I have to say that because some of you out there are going to put your low rib cage down and then your shoulders are going to pop up because that's that's always what happens. But keep your chest open and the lowest rib down and reach the tailbone long and reach the reach the top of the spine long and kind of visualize through that pelvic bowl kind of a sense of width between your hip bones and that's going to help to uh, you know get rid of any tightness in the back of the pelvis the sacrum you know so have a sense of width there it's also going to help to engage the the deep um, iliacus in there and as you're widening also visualize each vertebrae there from the lowest part of your spine just laying down like you're trying to make an imprint in the sand. Now, this isn't going to move your pelvis drastically to a point that you're then tucking under and over-engaging your glutes. So I want you to make sure that you keep that oppositional energy of the tailbone reaching and keeping the uh, low rib cage down. But feel there as you're doing that, feel how... Um, how much stronger there, you know, you feel in there. You feel... Uh, the powerhouse, right? You feel the deepening and the widening and the, you know, everything you already know out there because I know all of you are taking Pilates and not just listening to this podcast. At least that's what I hope. Anyway, um, so um, with that, we want to make sure that, <clears throat> with that, we want to make sure that that we have um, all those places in place and and therefore we're stretching and strengthening uh, that iliopsoas. Now, the other thing that came up, I'm going to give you some exercises here in a minute, but um, is that when you're lying down in this position, you know, and you're exploring this whole idea of neutral pelvis, but uh, but finding that movement through the spine, is you can practice doing what's called rib cage arms. Is sometimes what we call it. Um, but if you are lying down on the mat and your arms are up towards the ceiling, palms facing each other, feel what happens naturally if we don't try to hold anything. If we just bring our arms back by our ears is that our rib cage pops up off the mat. And so, you know, this is a good training tool uh, for all of us, but it's also really important within the Pilates method anyway. So practice these ideas of keeping the low thoracic vertebrae down on the mat and reaching through the spine and really finding that uh, inner thigh connection to the um, pelvic bowl connection. And as you exhale, really feeling the front of the rib cage coming down and in and feeling how that helps you maintain that low thoracic vertebrae on the mat and at the same time reach your arms back by your ears. Now, I, I'm, the reason why I'm telling you this is because, you know, I've been doing that exercise for a really long time, but when Pat put her hand underneath my back, 
and and I could feel what I was doing back there a lot more, it made a huge difference. So if you don't have somebody to partner you, you know, you can, um, I, I recommend maybe putting a, a one of those non-skid black pads back there um, just in the interim and then, you know, take it out and, and do it without. But, um, you know, really focus on that because you're going to feel a lot more strengthening in that powerhouse if you really, really feel that stretch of the arms going back and maintaining that position of that low thoracic vertebrae there. So now let's take that into, so that being an extra exercise, ribcage arms, but also let's take that into an exercise. The other thing that I had done um, with, uh, with Pat was we did some side bending. And of course, you know, some of these things, like I said, you know, you look at you when you teach your own, te- you know, clients or when you're watching somebody else, you notice if their arm isn't up in line with their ear and you, and you change it. But when you're doing it yourself, you don't, you're not always that smart sometimes in your own body. And so I really understood so much more in my body that I tend to bring my arm forward a little bit when doing the side bend. And when that happens, you, there are a couple things happen. One is, you know, you don't stay in line, but two, you don't get the real ultimate stretch you can in that latissimus dorsi. And that's a back muscle that attaches, again, to the low thoracic vertebrae, um, I think the last six, and kind of comes up like a wing on the back and attaches to the um, the um, humeral, uh, humeral, the internal humeral head area. And so anyway, by bringing the arm all the way up to the ear and making sure it stays there, and of course, making sure that your rib cage stays in um, the correct position. But as side bending, really keeping that arm in place made a huge difference in getting that stretch. And again, just overall, I really embodied that T12 and understood it in every movement. So I'm going to have a lot of fun uh, with that this week and exploring the arm position in relation to that T12 um, and that psoas as connection there. Um, so now let's let's talk about um, something else that came up too is that and I thought this was really uh, really pretty pretty funny and I didn't I didn't tell Pat this so if she's listening. I'm sure she she probably said it for a reason because as you can all tell I'm I'm a little bit of a internalized kind of person. Um, maybe some may say that I'm a little bit of an introvert, but you know I I, um, I have learned of course to be out there a lot more. But I, I do tend to stay inside my own uh, my own head, and you know part of that there's some value in that in the sense of you know being really in depth and creative and all that. But when you're teaching. Um, it's really funny because sometimes, you know, you'll think, you know, you're teaching, you're teaching just great and you're, you know, you're really internal and you're really feeling it and, and everything. And all of a sudden you look at your class and everyone's looking at you like, you know, like, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) You know, they got these blank stares on their face and it's because, you know, not everybody gets the, you know, gets the depth that you may be talking about here. You may be on your own little journey here, but you know, you got to bring it back out into the external and I always, you know, I always, you know, use that as a learning experience. And I, I'm really good with details when I'm talking with my students and I'm teaching them, you know, teaching the classes. So I always call it taking it back into the external. So taking it from imagery to the external body, to the anatomy, and then back in the imagery and making sure that they really understand what I'm saying when I'm talking about that imagery. And sometimes I'll even get out an anatomy book and, and show them the picture so they can, you know, see 
uh, you know, what this, uh, what I'm saying here. And then of course, uh, having them, you know, put their hands on their bodies and things like that is also a good way. You really do have to teach from all the senses there. But anyway, I thought it was just hilarious when she had said something about, you know, when we were talking about, you know, sometimes the frustrations that come up with teaching. And she said that some people who are uh, more internalized in their teaching, you know, they're so internal that they may not be they may not, everybody might not be getting it, but they may get it, but nobody else does. So you do have to make sure that you are, you know, I always look at my class, but you know, those times when you're really kind of getting into it and all of a sudden you realize you're inside yourself and, and some of you who are introverted will understand that. And so then uh, the other side of that is that if you are more of an extrovert, you know, you may realize that you might have to change that as well. We have to have balance in everything we do. It's not just, you know, balance in the body, mind, and spirit, but we've got to have balance in our teaching and balance in, you know, uh, in everything. And so if you're more of an extrovert, you may want to see if you could um, bring your clients more internal. And uh, my challenge is to bring them more external. And it, it's a fun process. So we go from uh, learning how to go internal anyway in Pilates, but we've got to build it back out into the external and just go back and forth between internal and external. So anyway, I hope all this um, was very helpful for you, and, and I look forward to hearing from all of you out there, and uh, have fun exploring, and, and keep getting those private lessons, keep some eyes on you, because we never we never get there unless we have someone else watching us, and, and, uh, and we will be talking with you again in two weeks. I'll have an interview posted in two weeks, so shoot me an email at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at thepilatespodcast.com. And I'll look forward to hearing from you. We'll talk to you next time. I'm your host, Heidi Miller.